today on It's Time. They were persecuted not because they didn't know what they believed. It's because they did know what they believed. I hear the calling. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the New Testament book of Acts. So, follow along as we join Pastor Mike. Tonight, as we look at the book of Acts, chapter 15, this is a very unique chapter in the Bible, by the way. There is a lot of coming together and a lot of splitting apart. This is one of those chapters that oftentimes, as people would look at this, think that everybody has to um, just get along. But there are some actual, you might say, parameters in which we must always uphold in the family of God. And so as we go to God's Word tonight, let's pray. Father, we come to your Word. We thank you for it, that we have it to guide us, to encourage us. Father, for each person listening tonight, may your Holy Spirit bless, encourage, uplift us now, so that we would know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, it's impossible. The more you know God, the more you're going to know yourself. Without knowing God, it's really hard to know who you are, because we're influenced by outside voices outside of God. People will lie to you. They'll tell you things about you that aren't true, demeaning you. Sometimes people will say things to you, puffing your head up, that aren't necessarily true. There's another angle. So when we go to God's Word, when we go to God in prayer, we find who we are in Him. And so I want to encourage you tonight, always find your identity in Christ. That's going to be important. It doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. It matters what God thinks of you. It doesn't matter what you think of you. It matters what God thinks of you. Somebody said one time... There's three kinds of people. A wise man learns from others' mistakes. A smart man learns from his own mistakes. Some people just never learn. So always remember that. You're going to learn from God. If you're around his word, you're going to learn from him. It's going to help you. Well, as we look at uh, chapter 15 tonight... We won't read because we've already been through some of this, but for those that perhaps weren't here last week, we'll look at this together. It says, And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Well, therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So here we find, first of all, some people that came in after Paul and Barnabas had done a lot of work leading people to Christ, and then some people from Judea come up and say, oh, by the way, and you have to keep circumcision as well, or actually the laws of Moses. 
Now, we talked about this last week a little bit. We'd say, well, Mike, how does that affect me uh, in 21st century America? Well, it's really amazing. There are still these people around that come along and say, well, being saved is not enough. You've got to worship on Saturday. Or you have to not eat pork and you have to adhere to dietary laws. They'll have some other thing that they add to faith in some way, to be more saved. Well, we know that isn't true, friends. We know that we're found in Christ. Jesus died on the cross for us. We accept that fact. He wraps us in his righteousness. The Bible say, says, tells us that we repent from our sins and our, our righteousness is found in him. Well, understanding that then, whether you worship on Sunday or Saturday, or you eat bacon or you don't eat bacon, really, our salvation is not hinged upon external things It's a matter of the heart. And so it's important to remember that. The reason chapter 15 of Acts is important is because if you haven't yet come in contact with perhaps Seventh-day Adventists or Jehovah's Witnesses or Armstrongers or there's a bunch of others that are out there that say you must keep the Sabbath, this will give you some good uh, defense for your faith. And I believe every Christian needs to be able to make defense for their faith. And you'd be surprised how many people do not know what they believe or why they believe it. So, again, that's why we want to always go over these things, because it isn't just necessarily learning God's Word, which it is, but it's also um, fortifying you so you can stand up for your faith. Now, remember, uh, people in the early church, uh, they were persecuted not because they didn't know what they believed. It's because they did know what they believed. They were persecuted because they stood for something, not because they were passive. Now, right here, we see that these Judaizers came in and said, unless you keep basically the laws of Moses, you cannot be saved. And notice what it says again in verse 2. Therefore, Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them. In other words, he didn't say, well, true is true if it's true to you. A lot of times people do that. Well, you know, I'm non-combative. You know, I'm non-confrontational. You know, if you want to believe that, you know, that's okay. I don't believe that. No, that isn't what it was. They earnestly contended for what's right. Now, the reason why that's important is because other people will believe a lie and they'll be placed under bondage. Jesus said, when you know the truth, it'll set you free. When you're free, you're free indeed. How important that is then that we live in the freedom of Christ so that Really, we don't become enslaved in bondage trying to earn something that Jesus has already given to us. You say, well, why is that important? Because basically, we look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you dying on the cross was really great, but it's not enough. That's pretty blasphemous, really, if you think about it. And so you can always spot cults because it's always Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus church membership. Or Jesus plus baptism. Now that's important as well. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 50, or excuse me, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, I came to preach the gospel, not to baptize. Now, for some people that believe you have to be baptized to be saved, Paul then wasn't really preaching the gospel. Because he said, I didn't come to baptize. In other words, if you believe that baptism is necessary for salvation, Paul then would be obligated to baptize people in order to fully preach the gospel. Well, we know that again, baptism is an outward sign of an inward chain. 
It is something that Jesus commanded us to do. It's not, it's not an option. But understanding that our salvation is not us going into the water. Our salvation is in our, in our confession in Christ Jesus. And so it's really important to remember that because I'm really amazed how people will say Jesus plus church membership or Jesus plus wearing orange robes or Jesus plus worshiping on Saturday or Jesus plus something else. And you say, well, Mike, I know that. That's good. You'd be surprised how many people don't. And so again, being able to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, Paul and Barnabas then stood up to these guys. They didn't just say, well, uh, like the Unitarianism churches, you know, that are out there saying, well, um, uh, do you believe that you have to be born again? And they'll respond, well, I believe that you believe that you have to be born again. Well, do you believe that there's a lot of paths to God? Well, I believe that you believe that there's a lot of paths to God. And so it's kind of a giant homogenization of, of faiths and ideas and unctions and feelings and stuff like that. Well, that's not the Bible, and that's not Christianity. The Bible's very clear that it's through Jesus Christ, Him only, is our salvation found. Now, uh, as we look at this, we're going to see what happened here. So these guys came up. And they may very well be teaching, here it's important, their convictions, their feelings. Well, unless you're circumcised, you can't be saved. Um, They may have felt very, very convinced, very convicted over certain things. But that does not necessarily make it true. Sometimes people say, well, I just follow my feelings. Oh, boy. Um, Feelings are neither right nor wrong. They're just there. And if all you go by is feelings, you can be misled. That's why our feelings always must be brought into the parameter of of Scripture, because our feelings can lie to us. Now, I know a lot of times people believe their feelings more than the Word of God. And I've had people say, well, Mike, you know, I know what the Bible says about this thing, but I prayed and I feel that I'm okay. (laughs) Well, that isn't what the Bible says. In other words, is sometimes when we read the Bible, it, it convicts us, and I don't like what it says, but ultimately, deep in my soul, I know what God is saying is right. So, understanding that then, Paul has, and Barnabas, have no small dissension, and as it also adds to it, a dispute with them. Now, that indicates that there was not just a passive in their lives, but they stood up for what they believed. And and by the way, I I think right now in the world, people are looking for people that stand up for what they believe. I do. Uh, I may not always agree with them, but I think people are looking for people who will stand up for what they believe. So I, I just want to encourage all of you to be those people. We all need to be that together. Well, something had to be done. There had to be a resolve here because this was important. Somebody's right, obviously somebody's wrong. And so it tells us here that in this argument, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Well, we know that they took off 
And, and they did this. And some people say, well, this is actually kind of almost the second missionary journey. Actually, some people say, well, it was actually after Paul uh, came back and delivered the letter. And that's when actually his second missionary journey began. I'll let you determine that because this was all part of going through and visiting churches and doing those things as they were on their way back to Jerusalem to plead their case, you might say, before the apostles, those that walked with Jesus. And so now they're able to do this. Now, Again, there is a solution in disagreements. Always remember that. Um, Again, this is a very interesting chapter in things that disagree and things that agree and things that disagree. You're going to see that. It's important here because it's how to resolve conflict. So they all agreed that they would go to the apostles, see what they had to say. Now, remembering back a few chapters, Peter had this incredible experience with um, this centurion guard, Cornelius. And as he was praying, Cornelius had this revelation. Peter at the same time had a revelation. And so the sheet was let down from heaven. God told Peter, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, Lord, I've never eaten anything that creepy crawly. I'm kosher. And God says, what I've cleansed, don't you call uncleansed. Three times Peter was spoken to by the Lord, rise, Peter, kill and out, he, eat. He rejected that until finally the Lord straightened him out, saying who, and then the sheet was taken back up into heaven. And then all of a sudden these Gentiles start showing up at his doorstep. He goes, oh, wow, this is important. So they go there. We remember the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles. It was incredible uh, what God was doing. Well, now let's go into uh, some new ground here. Verse 22. So they get there. They plead their case uh, before the apostles we know that Peter uh, said, as we studied last week, hey, look, we, we couldn't keep any of these Old Testament laws. Why do we want to put that burden on, on, the, on the Gentiles? So verse 22, it says, Then it pleased the apostles and the elders and the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabas, and Silas, leading men, among the brethren. Now, now some people believe this, this, um, um, Judas was one of those that might have been, you might say, in the running for being an apostle to replace Judas Iscariot back in Acts chapter one. I don't know that for sure, but the Bible says they were honorable men. They were admirable men. And so that they sent them, as you might say, uh, their guarantee that what they're saying is authentic and true. So, says that they sent them. Now, um, it says uh, the whole church to send chosen men. It was an agreement of everybody. So they came, they pled their case. The apostles ruled, you might say, um, uh, in um, ruled in Paul and Barnabas's favor and said, no, you don't have to be keep the laws to be to be saved. We're saved by grace, okay? So, they wrote this letter to them, by them. Okay, verse 23. The apostles, the elders of brethren, to the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria and Sicilia, greetings. Since we have heard that some went out from us, have troubled you with words unsettling to your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seems good to us, being assembled with one accord, 
to send chosen men to you with our brother, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by the word of mouth, for it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than is necessary than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. This, this was a letter that they sent back, and they sent some guys with them to fortify that the letter is true. Now, let's look at this, what they, what they told them. First of all, we find here the greeting, and that's always a good way, uh, and anytime you're going to address somebody, always have a greeting. You know, uh, we always try to do that, but it's always a pleasant way to start something. Verse 24, since we've heard that some who went out from us, troubled you with words, unsettling to your souls. Anytime somebody tries to bring you back under the law, you will always find an unsettling in your soul. Because it's in conflict with the power of the Holy Spirit that in Christ we're free and free indeed. So always remember that, that when you start hearing somebody say, well, in order to be saved, uh, it's Jesus, as we talked earlier, plus something else, it will be unsettling to your souls. Here's why. Because we go to heaven because what Jesus did on the cross for us. Not because of your or my meticulous performance. If it was based upon that, friends, it would be works. The Bible talks about eternal life being a gift. And what do you do to get a gift? You receive it. Hey, thanks. This is great. That's what, that's what a gift is. Otherwise, it would be wages. In other words, I worked real hard, I jumped through all the hoops, and God gave me eternal life. Well, no, he rewarded you with eternal life because you worked really hard and he gave it to you. That's why the Bible talks about salvation being a gift as well as the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes to us just like salvation without anything that we've done other than to ask for it, okay? That's established. Now, second thing we want to look at. Some went out from us. Now, just because somebody goes out doesn't mean they're sent. And friends, there's a lot of verses in the Bible that deal with the laying on of hands, the church laying hands on them, sending them out, praying for them. This is the biblical way to do things. Now, we don't see people a lot of times following the scripture any longer, but this is the way you do things. I remember down in uh, Walnut, California, it was around a a group of Christian uh, pastors and men. They laid their hands on me and sent me up here. So that's how I got here. Now, I thank God for those people. In fact, I just talked to um, uh, one of the pastors that sent me up here, uh, oh man, 30 years ago, 30, uh, long, I didn't know, a long time ago. And, and he's still alive, and I was so blessed. And I, and I talked to him, and we, we shared, and, and all the things God's been doing. And I, I look at that, and I go, you know, God, there is a real way you do things. That somebody, a group of guys, recognize the calling in a girl's life or in a man's life to go out and be about their father's business. I think it's really important. That's why we like to pray for people as they go on a, uh, like gonna go down to the Great Glory, uh, Harvest Crusade. We pray for the guys that are gonna go down and be counselors because I believe there's power in prayer. And so you're not operating alone, you're operating under authority. These guys that came from Judah, uh, they were not operating under authority. And notice what it says about them. It says, We've heard that some went out from us 
have troubled you with words unsettling to your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. In other words, we didn't tell them to say that, and we didn't send them. I think it's really important. I think sometimes it's always a good question, who sent you? I I think it's good. um, Now, I don't try to get all hung up on authority, because ultimately the authority comes from God. But I do believe God follows his word when we do things his way. Now, he also tells us, we gave no such commandment. So you might say these guys were self-sent. Now, he goes on and he says, verse 25, It seems good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Now again, Barnabas, the name, his name means son of consolation. He was, you might say, in his name implies he was a counselor to work out rough spots. Okay. Now the reason why this is going to get important is we get a little bit farther up in this chapter. You're going to see some really kind of amazing things concerning people that are the son of consolation that sometimes cannot console. We'll look at this in a minute. But notice he says, to send to you chosen men, To you, our beloved Barnabas and Paul. So what I did in my Bible is I drew like a half circle between the last part of verse 24 and the first part of verse 25, and I wrote contrast on it. The reason why you see that they were saying, we didn't send these guys that came to you from Judah down and told you you had to keep the law to be saved versus those that in fact were sent And they came with accommodation. So it says then, or maybe I should say recommendation. So verse 26 then, it says, Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I I really believe that there is a, a dynamic in those that are called by God that they are so focused on what they want to do for God, that they'll risk their own lives to do it. They'll risk their family, they'll risk their fortune. Jesus said, if you love anything more than me, father, mother, brother, sister, more than me, you're not worthy of me. Now people say, am I, am I supposed to then abandon my wife or my family? No, no, that's not what it's talking about. It's saying that Jesus must be the priority. It's, and I, I think that oftentimes when we go through trials, issues, hard things, you know, money issues, you know, family relationship issues. I think what happens there is that it forces us to look, are my priorities right? I think we have to look at that and say, now God, have I started letting my job or my hobby or being lazy get in front of my relationship with you? In other words, what is it that lights your fire? And that's how you'll know what your priorities are. What lights your fire? That tells us our priorities. Now, again, we get our marching orders from God. So if you leave God out of your prayer life, or maybe I should say out of your life, and you don't pray, you're not going to do what God wants you to do. And you'll be going down rabbit trails, wasting your time, wasting your life on things that don't matter and things in eternity that don't matter. And friends, this is a very... I want to say it's a very difficult thing, but yet it's a very easy thing because it simply requires us to get alone with the Lord, commit our ways unto him, and let him open or close the doors according to his will. And you know what's a lot of times I found in my life? 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm praying, God, close the doors you don't want me to go through. Because sometimes I see so many things that can be done. I'm going, ooh, that looks good. That looks good. Ooh, that's good over there. I, I can do that. I can do that. Well, if I did a little bit, I can do that one too. And God, close some doors here. I don't want to run around like a chicken with my head off. You can do it for a while until you fall over. But the thing is, is that we want to do what God wants us to do. And so I believe, again, in looking at our priorities... It helps us um, define our life, which direction we're going to go. So I think those things are all really important. And risking your life for the ministry, I believe, friends, really tells you that no matter what you go through, you're going to remain faithful to God. Now it says, we have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. So going back to the Old Testament, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And being that there was this dispute, they wanted to be sure for the Gentile churches that it was very clear that no, you are not under Mosaic law to be a Christian. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.